Welcome. This is episode one of Truth with Equity, the game's missing piece. This is April 28th, 2022. And we are happy to bring forward the following messages from equity. Our mission is very simple, loved ones. Number one, unite owners with abandoned property. Abandoned property, something that is out there. It may belong to you. We just need to remind you of where it is. We're also going to reveal the game of sin. This something, this might be something that's new for you, but it has been around for a very long time, loved ones. And number three, to be happy and full of joy while restoring the garden. So we mentioned number one, unite owners with abandoned property. That's going to take us into question number one. So grab your pens, grab a piece of paper. You're going to want to write down what the question is and what your answer was to it. We're going to be reviewing it later. And any other questions and additional layerings of wisdom that you need, we're going to be more than happy to bring to you. So here we go. Question number one. Poll is going to pop up. And here it is. The definition of abandoned property is an interest of right to something that the owner has lost or doesn't remember. True or false? You will have a moment now to answer. Okay, we just about have all the answers in. So again, question number one, the definition of abandoned property is an interest or right to something that the owner has lost or doesn't remember. And if you answered true, you are correct. Very good, loved ones. Now, why are we talking about abandoned property? Well, you should be interested in something if you have lost it. Never mind if it was hidden from you. Imagine you have an inheritance from a father that you didn't know about. And one day you wake up and you have this, this remembering. This is where he's hoping that you take your inheritance, that you want it, that you, that you need this inheritance so that it doesn't go to waste. We're also going to reveal to you, like we mentioned, the game of sin. Now, here's the thing about the game of sin. This game is thousands of years old. Everyone is forced to play. There is a dark team and there's a light team. And the objective is to remember how to control to leave and ultimately win the game. And this, loved ones, is your life purpose, your life journey. It's the whole meaning you are here in earth school. So let's talk about what this game is. What is this game, Darren? This game is a game of life and death. There is no more game, more serious out there. There is no other thing more serious out there than this whole idea that we're presenting to people. This is a game of good versus evil, truth versus lies, a man and woman versus persons, private versus public, beneficiaries versus trustees, master versus servant. All of these describe this same game of sin. And so once upon a truth with equity, long before we came here, we knew that there was a game being played on earth. But if you decide to come here, there's free will at play. And because of that, that means you have to enter the game voluntarily. 
And so knowing this, the dark team was clever. And they created spells and events right from your birth to make sure that you became very sleepy, loved ones, and confused. The dark team specialized in possession and programming, mastering persons to make us numb and dumb to the point we don't even know that we are playing, never mind that a game even exists. And for those of you that believe this, that a game does not exist, you are more numb and dumb than most. However, the dark ones making the programs and the sleepy spells, they didn't count on so many babies growing up to remember. And soon the curses started to lose their effect. And many crystal and rainbow children didn't even feel it at all. These are enlightened beings that know there is something very wrong in this world. The game is unbalanced. It's not supposed to be like this. And we are not meant, we are actually meant for something very, very different. Completely polar opposite, in fact. And through remembering, some began to break the spell. And now many of us have awakened from this once thought unbreakable curse. And now we offer this knowledge to you. But to become a game master, it requires you to find your way out. You must Find your own remedy, your own relief. No one else can do that for you. But there is help. So this is going to take us into question number two. So the poll's going to come up. Please put your answers. When it pops up, what's the best way to learn something you don't know? A, ask someone who does. B, research the information on the internet. C, let someone else figure it out. Or D, ask your friends and family. Maybe one of them will know. Put your answers in, loved ones. Okay, so the question again, what's the best way to learn something you don't know? And if you answered A, ask someone who does very good. And that brings us to our next point. So, Darren, why can you speak to equity? Why are you someone that can answer the questions our loved ones are going to have? Equity means the same thing as righteousness, truth, justice, honor, and moral behavior generally. Now, I'm not going to say I had moral behavior generally my whole life. No, this was part of learning the pitfalls and the traps and the snares of the game. Through this experience, my brother and I and a handful of other loved ones a number of years ago, we essentially dedicated our lives to finding this truth. We weren't going to let anything stop us. We've done a lot of research. We've put a lot of hours into this. We've got a lot of experience. And loved ones, it's not just us. Today, there are, I'm going to suggest, millions of people out there looking for this truth, trying to find the answers. Problem is, is they had a good heart and they had the right attitude, but they were looking in the wrong place. Through the course of the way this all developed, we have come to appreciate and figure out certain things that are of must do and must know, and then a whole lot of stuff that, well, okay, that was okay, but it's not a must have. So we've been able to whittle this thing down where now we can present it, or we can teach it, or we can give it, or we can share it with others within minutes or hours versus days and weeks, if not years. And so part of understanding this game and what's going on is understanding your position. Also understanding why there is a game. 
who the players are. What, what are the rules? Most of us don't even know we're in a game. Never mind, there's rules. And only then are you going to be able to, to see your relief and the answers that you seek, allowing you to master, win, and to leave the game once and for all, which is going to take us to our next slide here, which is why is there a game? Well, here's the reasons. To test you. This is Earth School, loved ones. If this is the first time you've heard of it, you agreed to come here. Nothing is happening without your previous consent and permission. And part of the game is you come here lost and you have to find your way home. And to become wise as the serpent. Now, this is going to ruffle a few feathers. It's intended to. We like disturbing because it ruffles up old belief systems that need to be freed. This was a big one that stirred me when Darren's like, well, you have to become wise like a serpent. And I'm like, what do you mean? I've been taught my whole life that's bad and I'll be punished for it. So can you please give some insight on that? Knowledge in its purest form is going to be very encompassing. That doesn't necessarily mean it's going to be simple. What it means is that it's going to have a very broad spectrum to it. How are we going to achieve the knowledge if we didn't go through bad experiences, evil thoughts, evil practices, bad decisions, wrong decisions, misaligned decisions, all these things that lacked wisdom and understanding. Now, we do use the word understanding if you use it in the right context. For example, would you understand the legal system? Uh, right now, we're going to say no. Do you, would you understand teachings from a higher power and a higher source, such as through scripture? Well, yes, I would profess to say that I would understand that wisdom. So to become as, as wise as a serpent means we got thrown into the pit full of snakes, and we had to navigate the sharks, and we had to get cut up and bruised and all the bad things that have happened to us over our lives in order to teach us something. So the next reason for the game is to restore our rightful position and reunite with Christ. For many of you, you're going to say, I'm already united with Christ. Thank you. Well, we're going to shine a little light on how you can become more united. And if you're an individual, uh, if you're a loved one out there that would suggest or state for the record at this point, I don't need the Bible, I don't believe in God, or any of that stuff. Well, that's okay. But here's the catcher. The legal system sure believes in it. And I would ask you this now, do you believe in the legal system? And if you say no, then I'm going to say, well, then you got to believe in something else. What would that be? And if you say, yes, I do believe in this legal system, guess where it came from? Scripture. And the last reason, to command the angels and perform miracles. This is, a test. Is that? this is a test of our worthiness. We get to a certain level where in this spiritual experience, we get to such a place where we encompass and we embrace and we embody powers and knowledge and wisdom and things that we don't have right now. This is to encourage us to keep going, to never give up, to get as clean as we can, to seek the light. In the light is the truth, the justice, the way, the life. These are all terms describing equity. So as a refresher, if you're in earth school, you're watching this right now. There's a game in play. You knew it before you came here. If you don't remember, it's because we all came here with amnesia. We all, it was part of the veil. We had to come in forgetting. It was our job to remember. And now we're in the game. It's a game for lessons of sin. And the quicker we learn it, the quicker we get out of it. Which takes us to question number three. We're going to put this up. Get your pens ready. Question number three is... The objective of the game of sin is to harvest your soul for good or evil. 
true or false? Put your answers in. Okay, so question number three was the objective of the game of sin is to harvest your soul for good or evil. The answer is true. Please explain, Derek. We have a choice. We can go left or we can go right. We can go up or we can go down. Our soul is headed out. Which direction is going to determine who's harvesting our soul? If we choose unwisely and choose the dark side and we choose to Worship Satan, for the lack of a better word, that's one path. We could choose the other if we know how. And this is where Satan's tricks have tricked us into knowing how. And we're figuring all that out as we speak. So the objective, again, of the, the game is that everyone starts lost. We have to try and find our way home. So what's the purpose of playing the game of sin? To see how good or evil you are in life. Again, that might rub some of you a little. But what do you mean, Darren, by to see how good or evil you are in life? The facts are going to show in government records that we made a bad decision. And that bad decision haunts us for the rest of our life. It's literally a curse. Now, you may go out and, and have a, a, a normal, beautiful life and just like your neighbor does. But at the end of the day, at, when, you're, when you're trying to knock on the gate at the end of the day, that record now comes in. It's, it's going to be very important. And if we now stand in judgment, again, which is what we're told is going to happen, we need to at least now say why I made a bad choice and how I'm going to change it moving forward. If we don't have that knowledge and wisdom at that moment, we perish according to that book. We don't wind up so well and we suffer for a very long time. So we think it would be prudent for loved ones out there today to spend a little bit of time researching this, getting a little bit familiar with this and being able to be in a position to make better decisions because this is regarding your life and death. So it's time to awaken from our sleepy spells, loved ones. It's time to use what we've learned in the game, what we've learned from becoming wise like the serpent by making misaligned, unwise choices so that we can take that and restore our rightful position. And that rightful position is outside of the game. Back in the garden. It's where we belong. So here's the thing, if there's a game, that means someone or something created it. Mm. Next question. Question number four, who created or invented the game of sin? Our next question is coming up. A, Satan, B, Her Majesty, C, Father, or D, Adam and Eve. Put your answers in, loved ones. So who created or invented the game of sin? I'm going to tell you right now. I had this one wrong. In the beginning, I thought it was Satan for sure. I was like, come on, sin, Satan. They even kind of rhyme. They go together real nice. Why? There's no way it's father. That's actually what I thought. There's just no way. Well, here's the thing, loved ones. To have free will means you have the right to choose good and evil. So good and evil, that means father left that to each one of us. You can't 
have good without evil. It's, it's not natural. You need good and evil to become whole. And whole people make good judges. And the next point is that nothing happens without father's permission. This whole, oh, we're, we were tricked. This was a trap. Father knew about it. Here's the thing. Father set the trap. Oh, Jody, no, there's just no way he did. Here's the thing. Genesis 2, 15 to 17 in the King James Version. And the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden of Eden to dress it and keep it and look after it and do a good job and take this seriously. And then in verse 16, and the Lord God commanded the man saying of every tree in the garden, thou mayest eat freely or help yourself. It's there for you. And then here comes number 17, but of the tree of knowledge of good and evil, thou shalt not eat of it. For in the day that you do eat of it, you are surely going to die. Well, who put the tree in the garden? Hmm. Sounds like there was a bit of a plan behind this particular tree in the garden. Sounds like father kind of knew what he, he, she was doing. I don't think there was anything left without wisdom here. It was all left up to us to prove whether we're worthy or not. So father set the trap, but then he warned his children. It's not like he set a trap and then just sat and watched. No, he went, look, I'm going to set the trap. Don't, don't do it. Warning. It's in Genesis 2, right in the beginning. It's not like they found out later. They found out right from the get-go. It was the only thing they had to not do. Now, this is where we're going to start introducing trusts, family. Trusts are relationships. And there's different positions that happen within a trust. And you're going to need to know this for your remedy. Which is why we're going to take you now into question number five. We're going to see how many of you know what is involved or what parties are involved in every trust that is created. You're going to have next question pop up. Please put your answers up. So what parties are involved in every trust? A, a grantor, trustee, settler. B, a settler, trustee, beneficiary. C, trustee, beneficiary in the crown. Or D, the grantee, trustee, beneficiary. Please put your answers in. So for some of you, this might be a whole new arena, and that's okay. We're going to go into this, and we're going to make this as easy as possible for you to understand it. But for now, what parties or players are involved in every trust that is created? If you answered B, settler, trustee, and beneficiary, very good. In every trust, loved ones, there needs to be a giver, Okay, so someone who's got it, there's got to be a pair, and there has to be a winner. So remember that a giver, a pair, a winner is also known as a settler, a trustee, and a beneficiary. Whoops. Okay, so let's go into the original trust. And we're talking about trust just real quickly here because we got kicked out of the garden because we broke our father's trust. We're not trustworthy. Out you go. So in order to get back, what do you think we got to fix? Don't you think, does it feel appropriate that we have to earn our trust back? Ah, yes. So here we go with trusts. Part of it's knowing that there was even a trust at play. And this was the original one right from the very beginning. So look at this one, loved ones. At the very top, it's father, it's creator. He's the one who came in with this purpose, with this intent. He was the original grantee. He was the original grantor. These might be new words for you. Again, we're going to be breaking that down for you. He is the settler. He has the ability to settle things. 
to be able to make a trust happen. And as such, he wanted to take care of Adam and Eve. And so with that, and I have a different slide up here, so we'll put up the other one as well. Adam and Eve both had a trust with Father. And the angels were the trustees. They were the, the ones who were going to make sure that Adam and Eve were cared for. Now, the reason that Adam and Eve were the beneficiaries is because they accepted the breath of life. The breath of life was granted. It was given to them. They received it. They accepted it. This puts them in a certain position in the game. Now, this is going to take us to our next question. Indentured trustee, again, some of Satan's words, but we're going to smash them up and make it easy for you to understand. An indentured trustee, next question, is a relationship between two or more persons or things, true or false? Put your answers in. Okay, so again, true or false, if you answer true, you are correct. Very good. This is what an indentured trustee means. So whenever you see that on a trust, it just means that two or more parties are involved. In the original trust, there are more than two parties involved. Why? Because the angels are taking care of Adam and Eve, and so are the archangels and the galactics. Ascended masters, all the ones with wisdom, the Akashic records, all these things now contribute to manage and look after the multiverse. So there was the original trust with, of course, Father and Adam, and then there was an amendment made to the trust, which then incorporated Eve as a beneficiary. It didn't change the trust. It just, well, it changed it, but it, it amended it. Okay, it's not like the first original trust dissolved because of Eve, which is going to take us into our next portion, which is where we talk about trust conditions and breaches of trust. Now, that happened in the very beginning. So the best way for us to learn where we are is to learn where it started right from Genesis. So Genesis 3, number 1, 2 through 7. Now, the serpent satan was more subtle he was sly he was trickery he was more subtle than any beast of the field in which the lord god had made and he said unto the woman yeah hath god said ye shall not eat of the every tree of the garden and the woman said unto the serpent or the snake or satan himself we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden and then satan says in number three but of the fruit of the tree, which is in the middle or the midst of the garden, God had said, ye shall not eat of that one, neither shall ye touch it, or lest ye die. For God doth know that in the day you eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened, and ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And number six, when the woman saw that the tree was for good for food and that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took the fruit thereof and did eat and gave also unto her husband and he did eat as well. Number seven, and then the eyes of both of them were opened and they knew that they were naked and they sewed fig leaves together. And made themselves aprons. They now are hiding themselves. They know they did something wrong. So you can see where the breach happens here. Where they were trusted not to do something. And they did it. And they broke the agreement. Now there's consequences. That's going to take us into our next question. Question number seven. Satan acted on the interest of sin and granted the right because he had it. True or false?
Okay, so Satan acted on the interest of sin and granted the right because he had it. The answer is true. Satan had the interest and the right in sin. The tree was there. But Adam and Eve were not interested. They had no desire until the serpent or Satan showed and lured them to the tree. So let's talk about that a little bit. Well, I'm going to suggest here that if you read scripture carefully at this point, I'm of the opinion Adam and Eve didn't see the tree up until right now. This was the first time they've seen it because it was in the midst of the garden. And Eve knew not to eat of it until Satan showed her, look, this is pleasing to the eyes. Look, this is good food. You'll become as wise as God so you won't die. And now Eve's eyes are opened. The moment it says, when the woman saw that the tree, when the woman saw, this tells me that this is the first time she's seeing it. She didn't see the evil and the good in it before. She didn't see that, oh, you'd become as wise as gods. It's the interest. So now she's got this idea floating around in her head. Oh, now we're going to get tricked. And unfortunately, Adam has to go down with her. So they already knew good which means they weren't gods. You're only a god when you know good and evil. So they volunteered for evil. And by doing that, they become the trustees. This is where the positions now change. And why do they change? Well, that first trust broke down. It's, it got left on the side of the highway. No one wanted that one anymore. And a new trust or a contract shows up to take its place. This time it's Satan making a deal. Satan's settling things. And he tricked Eve into assuming a certain position. And then the whole game shifted. So let's go into question number eight. When Adam... And Eve ate from the tree of knowledge. This caused a breach of trust, resulting in the original trust having to be amended. True or false, family? Okay, so this was a tricky question. And here's, and here's why it's a tricky question. The word amended. This is the cliffhanger right here. The word amended means this. It's something just changed, but it's still the original thing. Ah, no, this isn't the original thing at all anymore. That original thing terminated. It got booted. It's gone. It cannot be seen. We, and it got replaced with something else entirely different. So again, this was a little bit tricky. This is worse than the trust being amended. It was terminated. Ugh. Now, why was it terminated? Because Satan offered and granted. He created trust as a settler with new voluntary trustees. Ugh. Why? Because it's the one condition that terminated the trust was acted on and this changed their positions forever and any other being that came in after that point this triggered a new evil trust to form in satan's name enter the person so let's talk about this breach of trust you can see father is still the settler, but the positions changed. Now Satan is the beneficiary and Adam and Eve, like we mentioned, are the new trustees. Satan gave the legal title with the apple. And from that moment on, all of us 
have been trapped forever in sin. The First Testament, that's what the whole First Testament was about. No one could ever be forgiven. Imagine that. The amount of animals that had to die and had to pour their blood out because that was the only way. And so that's why Satan didn't create the game. The game was well beyond him. But he was very much involved. His job was the manager. He is the game master, loved ones. And his primary job is to confuse you. Which takes us into question number nine. What is the difference between a trustee and a surety? You're going to say, what do you mean surety? We haven't even talked about surety. That's okay. We're about to. But let's just test your knowledge. So is a surety someone who has to agree with the trustee? Is it someone who has, must volunteer to be the trustee? Is it C, a surety has the right to back out of the trust at any time? Or is it D, he is capable and sure to pay and do what the trust requires? Answers, please. Again, another tricky question. So there's a trustee and a surety. Trustee and a surety are so close, loved ones. The only difference is B, a surety must volunteer to be the trustee. Volunteering and agreeing is different. The volunteering component meets the criteria of entering into a contract or a trust agreement. This is done with knowledge and disclosure, and the surety knows what's going on. And so a trustee does not have to agree. A surety does. With a trustee, it just arrives, the debt. Just like when we're tagging people to be a trustee. <laughs> They're like, whoa, there is no choice. And to get out of it, they got to go to a judge. Whereas with a surety, you are choosing to pay for someone else's debt. You might be seeing where we're going to start going with this family. And that's going to take us into a hand-drawn father and son trust, courtesy of this one right here. <laughs> <laughs> Here's our quick squibble from this afternoon. <laughs> so let's look this over. Father and son are at the top because father and Jesus had to make a new arrangement, a new trust. Man and woman forever were bound. We were doomed. There was no light there in any tunnel. They were just in it. And the only way to free mankind from the curse of sin was to bring back our birthright, to bring back something called equity now this is why jesus is the surety of the father son trust he started out as the beneficiary he was the heir of all things he was the man of the day except when the sins got to be so great he now had to come forward and volunteer to pay for all those sins and all of our debts with his death and the spilling of his blood. So Jesus had to volunteer to switch positions so that we, you, us, we would have a chance. So thank you, brother, for that one. And so what's a settler? A settler has to have the means in which to give it. And he had it to give. And he gave it to all of us, every one of us, even if you believed in him or you didn't, whether you accepted it or you didn't. Now, what gave Jesus the right uh, or the ability to be able to do this? Well, we're going to talk about something called a resurrection trust soon here. 
And this was the way out. And here it is. This is where, because Jesus came here and he was never registered. So hear this. He was never registered. The Bible speaks about how Jesus' birth was made on the wise, privy. It was not made public. Yeah, privily means private. It means it's not in the public realm. And if it's not in the public realm, Caesar's got no control over this particular birth. So in the Bible, King Herod, it speaks about how he tried to kill or slew all the children under three. Now, we can take that literally. You can imagine the upheaval that would have created. Or imagine if King Herod just wanted to register them. By registering all the births, this creates a different type of contract. And through this contract, King Herod, King Herod would now have the power over Jesus. And so again, by registration brings on a different form. And we're going to get to that, loved ones. Hang with us. <laughs> now, Jesus never experienced registration in the system, which means he never had an interest in sin. He stayed clean. He doesn't have, he doesn't have dirty hands. That made him worthy and his blood perfect which gave him the ability as the settler, grantee, grantor, to be able to offer and volunteer to clean us of all of our sins. And to date, it wiped the, the slate clean right from the beginning. So now he could grant us this new trust through him, through the truth, the life, and the way. And here it is. Jesus is the settler. The beneficiary now is the one who accepts Jesus' grant to become co-missioners with him. The chosen, born again, resurrected. Does any of this sound familiar in scripture, loved ones? And the trustee goes over to Satan. We grant him back the legal sin. We're not interested in sin anymore. We're not volunteering. Someone has to get it then. We want to go back to the garden. This resurrection trust is our redemption, our salvation. Jesus forgave or gave for, which means he gave forward so we could be trusted again. So we could prove ourselves worthy and re-enter the garden. That's the meaning of life. So we got a resurrection trust before us, loved ones, where Jesus is offering us the ability for eternal life to be able to benefit, stand side by side with him. Some of this might be brand new for you, but we can't see it. We're blinded. It's hidden, cloaked. And this is the current trust that we exist in are you ready so jesus came gave us this resurrection trust but here's the sin tract we're in because remember trusts are for the living contracts are for those who are in person so this sin tract is equivalent to a map saying you are here this is going to tell you right now where you are in the game, your position. Because if you just found out you're in a game, you need to know where you are in that game. Well, here it is. Jesus came forth with his resurrection trust, and Satan is benefiting from it right now. He is benefiting until you accept Jesus' grant. And right now, all of us are in the trustee position. We are persons possessed of the legal title. Serving Satan. Wrong God. We're sinners. And if we never accept Jesus' promise, 
we remain owners of the sin. And the game continues, and you continue to pay. Your life. Sweat, blood, and tears. Now, how did we get into this trusty position? Again, we keep talking about this these, the person. Why does this keep coming up? Because persons are tagged to be liable. So let's talk about this. Another hand drawn. <laughs> here, artwork courtesy of Darren. So I'll allow you to explain this here. Okay, this one's a little bit more complicated, but this is showing... The cross, I mean, the first thing people are seeing is the cross in the middle. And, well, what's that in the middle of the cross? So it looks like an apple, kind of a heart almost. Uh, that's interesting. But let's look at these diagonal line segments that are jumping positions. So you can see at the top of the cross, we got Father, we got, we got God, we got the Creator, uh, all things powerful, the holiest one, creating this whole thing. Now, we got the good angels on the left here is the trustees. And we have the heir of all things, Jesus himself, as the beneficiary. But then something happened where Christ had to change positions. He had to go again from beneficiary on the upper right corner of the cross. He had to move to the lower left. This is where he volunteers to be the trustee and the surety through his own sacrifice. So now he's on the debtor side of the cross. Who's on the creditor side? All of that, Satan becomes beneficiary with all his dark trustees. Well, that doesn't sound very good for mankind, does it? Okay, so what's the foundation of this cross? Where, where, where's all this power coming from? Well, we are born into this position, the debtor position, on the left side with Christ. Look above. See above. Look, you're right below Christ in the debtor position. Christ died to pay for our sins. That payment absolved, got rid of, paid for. So now we're stuck in this debtor position. This birth event is a moment of time where there's two crowns up for grabs. We got a crown made of thorns, and then we got another crown made kind of out of light, or let's call it perfect pure energy or all the good things. So we, uh, consequently, we choose the crown of thorns. We now choose to serve Satan. He's benefiting, and as you can see, as above here on the right, there is now a possibility of resurrection, though. So even though we're born into the debtor sin position, everyone's forced into this. We don't have a choice. Our moms and dads are forced to sign us up for this game, or they can go to jail. They're going to do it. So... Now we have this new thing entering the game. No, we have a possibility of resurrection. Okay, so now below this category, this whole thing opens up now. For, for, the, for the left side debtor, sinner, all of us, if we choose to open our minds and our hearts, grow our wings, become as wise as the serpent, learn all these things, we are actually literally putting feathers into our wings right now. And now we have this, this truth with equity. Remember, we were to be co-heirs with Christ. Christ was the heir of all things. Everything was Christ's. He had it all. There, this is why Satan really couldn't tempt him with anything because he already knew he had it. And when Satan's temptations didn't win Christ's heart, Satan had to come up with another plan. Well, the other plan was creating and developing this birth event that we all jump into. Our moms and dads jump it, jump us into it for us. We don't have a choice. But now we see through wisdom, knowledge, truth, light, righteousness, all these good things through Christ's teachings, we move into that air spot with him. And if you'll notice on the right-hand bottom corner here, we are reborn in Christ's name. And that's where we are right now. But there are trust conditions in play for the resurrection trust. In order to be reborn, to be able to accept this from Jesus, there's no persons allowed. Proverbs 28 to 21. To have respect of persons is not good. 
for for a piece of bread that a man will transgress. Aha, uh-huh. are you hungry? Do you need this piece of bread? Follow the dark ways and you'll see what happens. Samuel 14, 14, for we must need die and we are as water spilt on the ground, which cannot be gathered up again. Neither does God respect any person. Yet doth he devise means that his banished be not expelled from him. That means if you have volunteered for sin and you happen to be serving Satan by mistake, you can correct this problem. You're not expelled. You might be banished for a little while. You might be kicked out of the garden, but there is a chance you can get back there. Deuteronomy 16, 19, thou shalt not rest judgment. Thou shalt not respect persons. Neither take a gift, for a gift doth blind the eyes of the wise and pervert the words of the righteous. Keywords here, you'll see what we're talking about is father and the team good. None of these loved ones respect persons. They're not acting in person, so neither should you. So job 3221. Did I say job? I meant job. <laughs> well, you know what? The wages of sin is the job that we all go work. And he lived a life of turbo- multi-layered family. Yeah, so this is where we get, you know, getting to just make that up as, as we go. So Job led a life of misery, but yet he stayed truthful. He stayed obedient while he was being tested and there came a day when he overcame all of his darkness but let me not i pray you accept any man's person that means don't even offer it to me because i'm not going to accept it neither let me give flattering titles unto man well what would a flattering title unto man be ah person there's a good one yet you, you, you definitely don't want that one and yet, it's the one we all volunteered for. Oops. And we're going to go more into detail on this as we start revealing the rules of the game. And you're going to realize how engaged you already are without even knowing about it, which is going to take us to our last and final test or final question here. Question number 10. What event attaches you to the person or to your all caps name. So if you're just putting this together, the person is your all caps name. A, the registration of your birth. B, the acceptance of the birth certificate. C, applying for a social insurance number. Or D, when you got your first job. Or job. Or job. This one's a little tricky. Take your time, family. Okay, so while the rest of you putting your final answers in, what event attaches you to the person or your all caps name? The correct answer is C, applying for a social insurance number. That's when the actual person attaches. However, the game is preparing your mind well in advance for you to take possession. This is where the entire public school system comes into this game. That school system was designed to train you to walk right into that debtor position and serve Satan without any of us knowing it. Again, loved ones, it's not up to the government to teach us scripture, to teach us our equitable rights, to teach us what the legal interests are. No, that was for all of us to figure out the hard way through the life tests. So remember when we were all super excited to get our first job, but we needed a social insurance number for it first? That's when you officially walked in to the game of sin. You took the birth certificate. We express an interest in it. Out pops a right. Now we have a title that we use to make an application for a social citizen number. That moment you identified with it is the moment you attached to it. This is when we became possessed. 
we became the person, we put on a fake identity, we became monsters. Humans. Dead. We broke the first four of the Ten Commandments. <laughs> Go look them up. Ooh, not good. Look at the first four, and our family is going to break this down a little bit more, and we're going to layer these teachings to help us see why we are not walking with Jesus right now. He walked us out of Egypt, out of Babylon, and we walked our asses right back in. It's our job now to get ourselves back out of this. And if we are acting in person, we are worshiping another father. We have to rid ourselves of this possession. We took on an image of Satan. We are not in father's image right now. We bit the apple, every one of us. <laughs> so Jesus isn't going to come and save you, loved ones. He already has a couple times. He's shown us the way. Now it's up to you to prove that you're trustworthy and follow him. He laid the way. <laughs> it's up to us now. And by that, we mean there, there needs to be a remembering within you and a feeling, activations, where you're listening for it, to it maybe for the first time, but going, wow, I remember this. This resonates. And if you remember... You're, you're devoting mind space and heart space to reconnect with Christ. And if you're connecting with Christ, is he not with you? If he's with you, do you see how clean you can instantly be if you just stay there? Don't leave. Stay with him. Ah, don't leave and now go serve Caesar again or Satan again, then come back and then go back. You know, that back and forth, scripture warns us not to do it. That's called being lukewarm or in the middle. Being in the middle is the toughest spot to be. Unfortunately, that's where you got to learn to be as wise as the serpent. So as hard as it is, we are given tremendous praise. The angels are rejoicing right now. I can hear them because we are progressing and we are overcoming sin and we are restoring our position on the right side with him and father. Garden, we're coming. So loved ones, quick summary. There is in fact a game. You're all playing it. It's a game that was created to test you. And you agreed to play before you came here and you volunteered for it once you got here. There was a reason we wanted you to know loved ones who invented the game so you can stop being mad at it. Because guess who you're sending those psychic daggers to? All that hatred and anger and frustration to him. Stop it. How often does scripture say, yeah, you think they hate you? Well, don't worry. They hated me first and they hate me a whole lot more than you. So let's stop directing our anger to father and realize, oh, that's right. I came here not remembering. There might be a few pieces missing here. So let's calm down. Let's settle. <laughs> let's make some peace. How can you seek refuge and peace from the game when you're at war with it? And this th is where the 70% comes in, which we're amalgamating now to the 100% of equity, which is your wings. This position of peace is very important because when we took that birth certificate and used it incorrectly, we literally went to war. The only way to stop war is to come in peace, to literally surrender. Now, I don't think if I don't think any of the loved ones saw at the beginning of this presentation when we said equity, the game's missing peace. Sorry, that wasn't <laughs> the peace. We spelt it P-E-A-C-E, -E, the missing peace, not the missing little piece. Oh, it kind of plays in that context as well. But no, we were talking about coming in harmony, grace, clean hands alignment with all the teachings of our older wiser brother following in his footsteps the truth the life and the way put it all together you got to understand the legal system born into sin wise as serpent leave that figure out equity hiding in the bible and put the two together and there's your salvation 
if a man or a woman only studies scripture, they're not going to do very well. If a man or woman only studies the legal law system, they're not going to do very well. You got to merge the two. And we can't figure our way out until we know who the players are. Who's the dark team? And who's on the light team? And who's in those positions is going to shock you, family. But that's for episode two. And so until then, we love you. And we will see you next time. Thank you, loved ones.